Fine Pairs New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. How you guys doing? What have we been drinking? What's going on? I got more energy than the Friday podcast. Okay. Oh. I know I said on Friday I signed off saying three more to go, but I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah, we will miss you too. For I, don't what yes. I don't know what I'll do for our weekly recording sessions. <laughs> what will I do instead? You should just do podcasts with your daughter. Yes. Do a little podcasting session. Like, Meh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it. It'll be like, cool, yeah. And also, uh, let's talk about this whiskey. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Joanna, what have you been up to? What have I been drinking? So, drank more than usual last weekend. We <laughs> we made some tequila drinks at home. Joanna's back, guys. I'm, back. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. Honestly, it's been a tough transition, if I'm being honest. Why? I don't know. Just to go from Nothing. really not drinking yeah. at all, and then, you know, I don't know. You just have to adjust. I'm You're not, like, I'm not taking it back full bore again. <laughs> I'm not just going to You said Borg, sorry. <laughs> no, I haven't been drunk since giving birth. Interesting. And That'll it's been come. four months. <laughs> anyway, so we, we made a tequila Negroni uh, this past weekend. I didn't like it very much, Ooh. I have to say. I think the ratios were like a little off. Who, you really, who was we? I Well, I, I did. <laughs> I made it. The you were able to place blame there and you just didn't. You no, no. I mean, I did one to one to one, right? I didn't like it. And it just didn't didn't work. Like you lo- really lose the tequila in it. Well, that's because, because it's a Campari, it's a Campari cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we made some ranch water. Interesting. Um, those are always very good. Yeah. Um, and then... What else? We we revisited our old favorite dive bar in our old neighborhood. Puffies. Puffies. The best. Just I love that you have a dive bar that you love. Why? Because I don't. It's the best. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I did for a while when I lived in East Village. It was like Horseshoe Tavern, which is also has some real name, but we would always call it Horseshoe Tavern, but it was on <laughs> 7 and B. But or horseshoe bar or whatever that I would go to a bunch. But mm-hmm. like besides that, I don't know. Like the other dives in these, and there's no really good dive near me now. Right. So, but puffies. Well, yeah, I think it's because what we want to go to like cocktail bars and and yeah. bars where the drinking is good, <laughs> you know, and interesting. And this is a, truly a dive bar. You just get beer. Do they still do the like they'll during happy hour though they'll buy one get one type thing where you'll get a token and you get a second beer or no, none of that. Like buybacks? Yeah they do buybacks at Puffy's? Mm, I don't think so. Not that I've ever It is had. in Tribeca. Yeah. <laughs> it's right by the Citibank building so it really? gets a lot of the those, those people. Those people. Anyway so it was a great Bankers. great weekend for drinking for uh, for me. Cool. What about you Zach? Well I had a, a weekend past weekend full of birthday shenanigans for my Who's son birthday? oh happy which are birthday, uh, Saul. yeah it turned five so oh, yeah Gosh. big year wow uh, that is a big I have, one i have been drunk since he was born i'll be clear well i mean it's been five <laughs> years did, did you did you cry no it wasn't, I, maybe when it he, wasn't maybe, emotional i don't it's I, the the big emotional one coming is when he starts kindergarten in the fall i i don't mm. the, the birthday i'm sure there will be birthdays that are I mean, I don't mean to say I felt nothing. I just mean like it wasn't a tearful moment. But I think you know, void you, of you, all feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think the the like big life change of starting you know of starting school in a proper sense will probably feel something. I don't yeah, know. That's big. I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself to cry, um, but you know, I might. 
Um, but what I was going to say is, uh, but we did have a nice gathering at our house uh, with some family and stuff like that. And we had an opportunity to like throw a lot of things in the cooler. We had nice weather. So drank a lot of rosé. Um, the weirdly, the uh, speaking of ranch waters, the Cazadores canned ranch waters were a big hit, which I wasn't oh, those expecting. Are good. I have not had those. Those are good. Yeah, I've not I have not had, had those. One of those. Yeah, they're, they're actually made with tequila, of course, which is a plus for a canned ranch water because many of them are not. And uh, we actually like, they all got drank. And someone was like, do you have any more of these? And I was like, you know, I don't. You guys drank these. <laughs> out of all of my canned ranch waters, which I wasn't like heartbroken about. I was like, I have tequila. If you'd like to keep drinking tequila, we can arrange that. Uh, they did not take me up on that offer. But then I think the only other sort of thing of note, which wasn't exactly a a drinking experience, or was a, a sort of a failed drinking experience, I guess. Uh, so we went out to dinner on Saul's birthday at a steakhouse because the boy loves steak. He, his favorite foods are steak and sushi. He has not I kinda, a steak. He loves steak. He has such yeah. a refined palate. Yeah, he, not only does he love steak, but we actually had to insist when he ordered his steak, like we were like, he wants it rare. And the server was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, and if it's not rare, he will like try to send it back. He are you serious? I am <laughs> he... 100% serious. I mean, he won't like, he's not like, excuse me, could you please have them recook this? But he will complain about it, which is, as a parent, arguably worse. Back. So he, so he obviously is a no steak sauce kind of person. Too. Oh, no, no steak sauce. The purity of the steak. Yeah, no, no, no. Nothing, nothing between him and the meat. <laughs> and honestly, he mostly asked me to like, he just wants the like bloodiest parts, which is, you know, whatever, good for him. Wow. Uh, but anyhow, so we, my Caitlin and I brought a bottle of wine with us to have. And unfortunately, you know, brought it from home and it was corked. But like, oh. it took me a very long time to explain to the server. I was like, no, 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 like, just please take this away and dump it out. Like, we're, it's not like, we're, we're not like ch- changing our mind about what we want to drink. Like, it is bad. And she's like, are, like, you don't want me to leave the glass? I'm like, no, no, please, just like, it, it, it it's our, not anyone's, like, you don't have to apologize. You definitely don't have to apologize. But like, can you bring us the wine list so we can get something else? And it just was kind of funny. I was like, you know, obviously this is not something that happens very often. I get that. I mean, even if someone did bring in a bottle of wine that's corked, I have known guests to like, just choke it down because they don't want to pay for other wine or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was just funny to be like, this is functionally garbage and I can't do anything with it. So please get it off the table for me. Anyhow, that was it. Nice. What a bummer. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's happened before, sadly. And I'm sure it will happen again. Adam, I, what have you been drinking? So besides many different things at BCB, which we're going to talk about in a second, right. uh, I went to a dinner this week with some friends at Corner Bar, um, and we had a bottle of Cogno Barbaresco, which was delicious. Um, we also had a fourth ave Amaro, so local Amaro. Um, some found it too bitter, mm-hmm. too bitter. Uh, I, I, my explanation to the those at the table found it too bitter was that's what the craft people in the U.S. are trying to do is you know not create the roundness that can be created from hmm. the traditional Amaros, trying to be a little different. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it, and then uh, I also invented a shot. Oh, <laughs> do tell. Well, I was there with friends of ours who are founders of this uh, aperitif brand called Lamone. And we had, I've talked about it on the program before. Yeah. And we had a shot that was 50% Lamone, 50% Nonino shaken, and it tasted like a lemonade iced tea, and it was delicious. It was really good. Um, And the beverage director then came over from Corner Bar and was like, these are good. (laughs) I was like, thank you, sir. You asked them to make that for you? Yeah, I was like, can you make this? 
And they were like, yeah, sure, we can make it. Because Limone's on the, on the list there, right. and uh, they do a cocktail with it. And they were like, yeah, we think we can make that. And they brought him over, and then the bear director came over, and he was like, this is quite good. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I don't expect Corner Bar to serve shots, but uh, you're welcome. Maybe it can what be their new like, half uh, half. bartender's handshake. I was, yeah, either that or, or the Latte. I don't know. I'm, to, I'm working on it. If you have a good shot name <laughs> for like an Amaro Limone 50-50, let me know. But it was very good. Hmm. I think if, what we found is you need to go with a more citrus, like forward, sweeter Amaro. Yeah. So like Nonino. Yeah. yeah, or like I think Averno would have worked oh, or sure. something. Isn't like the lemon teeter just kind of staring us in the face here? Yeah, we can't do that. Okay, like we got to keep lemon it. Teeter. But but I but you know if you guys have an idea, uh, it was very good. Um, so we did go to BCB this week, and Joanna, you noticed a trend that we noticed. You wanted to chat yeah, about. we noticed some trends. What was right, the biggest in the drinking? Are we talking about all of them or just one? Well, I can say all of them. We're going to talk about one, right? Go. <clears throat> we saw a lot of Italian drinks right and italian inspired drinks so a lot of amari a lot of spritzes those types of drinks uh definitely were popular at many stands i mean i think one of the reasons we saw so much amari though too is that for the second year in a row the italian trade organization basically rents out an entire hall and that's all that comes over from italy is those spirits which i think is cool makes sense for the new york market but i wonder how much on trend that is compared to the fact that they just like take over a full, full hall with all their Italian producers. But yeah. But yes. But I also feel like we saw a lot of them in the cocktails that people were making at their booths too. Um, saw a lot of lemon as a flavor and citrus um, in brands. Mm-hmm. And uh, saw a lot of coffee drinks, espresso martini drinks, um, which seems very clear to me that people are trying to capitalize on the popularity of the espresso mm-hmm. martini. But we saw a very specific kind of coffee drink, right? It wasn't like they're not trying to be espresso martinis. They're trying to be like cold versions of it, right? Yeah, cold coffee cocktails. Which I kind of think is really smart. I think it's smart too. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, then let's do it. So, Zach, why don't you pose your question then? Yeah, well, so the thing that this prompted me is the, the transition person... here was horrible, you guys. <laughs> Just horrible. Adam, we're going to have to work on this with you out. I, I don't know. We're going <sighs> to. Joanna and I will try and tighten things up a little bit because you yeah, are usually yeah, yeah. good at getting us into the topic. But, you know, we're, we're working. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, what this, as a person who didn't attend BCP, the question that occurred to me was kind of is there space for coffee drinks that are not at least trying to be espresso martinis? Because I feel like you see, we've seen. As the espresso martini has been so popular, you've seen, you know, kind of endless iterations on it, whether it's different spirits trying to kind of shoehorn their way in or whether it's, you know, celebrity brands like the Neil Patrick Harris one that we were discussing a couple of episodes ago or just everyone kind of glomming onto the trend as, you know, always happens with trends. And instead to say, like, we're trying to kind of like whether the thing that is really the selling point for the espresso martini is like you know, whether you can make a kind of clear coffee based drink and have that be the thing that people really want. I I, I'm genuinely curious. I don't know. It kind of feels to me like espresso, the espresso martini is sort of so dominant that trying to kind of uh, carve out part of its appeal might be tricky, but I don't know that that's the thing I had the question I had because I, you know, I wasn't there. Are these like, 
is there space for things that are not espresso martinis in the coffee drink space? So I think yes. I think in the right way, yes. I think it because I think we have now shown by both our conversation on Friday about the Red Bull and vodka uh, article on Vine Pair, as well as our multiple conversations about the espresso martini, et cetera, that people want to get up while they get fucked up. Like, they just do. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's opportunities. I do think, however, those opportunities need to be creative and need to have some kind of tie back to uh, a traditional drink in some form or fashion. Like, one thing that I think could be really good that no one has yet done, which I'm just throwing it out here, folks, someone should take it, is an iced Irish coffee. Mm. Right. I think that would crush. I think people like Irish whiskey. I think they like iced coffee. I'm not saying do anything elaborate. Right? I'm not calling. If you want to do like there are there is a very famous bar in New Orleans that does like a slushy machine Irish coffee. Um, I'm not talking about doing that. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like just iced coffee esque cocktail. But I think people would really respond well to that. It's cold. It's tasty. It's easy to drink. That is what I think people are looking for. Now, do I think that, like, there are other coffee drinks that won't? Yes. I, I don't think that besides uh, certain times of year, people are going to gravitate towards, like, a Bailey's and coffee. I just don't. I think in the holidays, sure. But, like, that's not an everyday drink. That's not – it's not going to be as ubiquitous as, like, how you see people drinking espresso martinis at all hours of the day and mm-hmm. night. You definitely, I think, could see that there was something like an iced Irish coffee. I don't know. I have to keep thinking about other ones of these. But, like again, like – you know, I, I do think that people like caffeine when they drink. They do. And so what are those things? But I think that any version that you create, it has to be cold. I think the hot coffee drinks are unappealing to the majority of people. I actually don't know. I think that it's going to take a while for people to go beyond the espresso martini. And I think at least in the immediate term that the espresso martini is is the way. And people won't stray from it. And that's why I think we saw a lot of stands uh, choosing to showcase their spirit in an espresso martini because they know the popularity of the drink and they know that people would come over to their booth if they were offering that. And I remember, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, that Mr. Black was like the only show in town. Yes, it was. espresso martini. It was. And now they were everywhere. So I don't know that it – I think it's going to be – it's the espresso martini or bust. Like, you know, the Carajillo cocktail, which is made with uh, liquor 43. Yeah. And espresso, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's been around for a really long time, but <laughs> nobody cares about it really. Well, but again, Maybe I not think this market, but. I think that like the only way that anyone's going to stand out is they're going to – it's going to have to be a big brand that invests in marketing. And a bartender yeah. to do it for and them, like right? Liquor Forty Three doesn't have much money, right. or whoever whoever owns Liquor Forty Three is not spending a lot on Liquor Forty Three. Like that, I think is the biggest issue there because I do think there would be some 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 people that would respond. I think that like again, Mister Black was very lucky, but there were a lot of other vodka et cetera brands that were all spending too. I mean, we were we were very early to the game using our data, so we were we were looking at data four or five years ago, pre COVID. When we saw that through the Vine Pair Insights data, the espresso martini was starting to trend. And we were the ones that told Remy, you know, we talked to Remy, like, we should do espresso martini content, et cetera. Like, I think that is something that um, 
we were talking to lots of brands about, right? In the same way that we see current cocktail trends as well. And then brands like even Remy, a cognac, circled around the espresso martini and started spending and saying that that should be, that you should use them instead of vodka. But it was marketing. And so then everyone just keeps seeing the espresso martini everywhere and they keep wanting it. And then it happens for most people to be a really tasty cocktail. I am not most people. But we've already established that as well. You still uh, drink them. I hate them. I never drink them. <laughs> yes, you do. We can roll the tape here, not, Adam. I could not tell you <laughs> the last time I had an espresso martini. Was it at BCB a few days ago? No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. I, refu- I refused to order it. And I so- thought about slapping it out of other people's hands. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. But I freaking hate the drink. So I don't need my heart to burst out of its chest. I just don't. <laughs> you guys hear me every day on the every week on the podcast. You understand the energy that I already bring to the table. This body does not need more energy. Okay, it just doesn't. I'm naturally high all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't need an espresso <laughs> martini. But some people do. It just makes me feel like shit. But I think this is like where this to me where this conversation is really interesting because I think you see these sort of competing. Like like this kind of ongoing conversation about what has made the espresso martini popular and where brands can enter either directly into that drink or try to kind of peel off interest, right? And part of the reason is because it's a drink that, at least in its sort of traditional format, is has two different alcohol components, right? It has vodka and it has some sort of coffee liqueur. And like Mr. Black has done a really good job of like getting, you know, a certain set to like really identify the drink with the coffee liqueur, even though in most recipes, it's the smaller proportion of the drink. It's more vodka than coffee liqueur. Typically, obviously, the coffee liqueur adds more flavor, the vodka is more there to just kind of add the booze in this case. But it's kind of this interesting thing where like, Adam, when you're talking about like, oh, an iced Irish coffee, or whether you're kind of thinking about like any kind of iced coffee drink with a spirit in it, you know, there is a space to say, like, obviously, the spirit component is the going to be the thing that drives the, the how that drink is perceived and differentiates itself. And the espresso martini, because of its sort of like, this isn't meant as a literal comment about how it looks, but like its opaqueness as a recipe is, I think, actually found at times been both hard for brands to kind of latch onto that aren't coffee brands, but also create space for like cognac, tequila, et cetera, right? Where no one is like so convinced, so... Uh, sure that uh, you have to make an espresso martini with vodka, even though it does say martini in the name, and most people probably think of vodka when they think of the drink if they do. I do think that there's like this interesting space where like, if you are a brand that doesn't have the sort of natural synergy with that, with the classic espresso martini recipe, and I don't really know, again, this is where the kind of question comes up to me is like, are you better off trying to convince people that actually like what they want is a rum espresso martini? Or are you try- better off trying to convince people that like they should have a different coffee drink with rum? Because again, it comes back to this question, which I still don't think we've settled and we may not be able to of like, w- if it's just upper and downer together that people are excited about with the espresso martini, then yes, any coffee and booze combo should have some potential. I'm not convinced that's true. And I think, you know, as we talked about an episode not that long ago, the, air of sophistication that comes with the espresso martini, the martini name, the visual appeal, the garnish, all of that. I don't think that like a big cup of coffee and ice and booze just has the same cachet, right? Like an iced Irish coffee. I mean, and this is no shade, but you look like the person who put coffee in their or put booze in their Starbucks. And that's like <laughs> fine. But like, 
that's not that doesn't have the same air of sophistication that the espresso martini carries and i I think that is a big part of why it's been so successful because you feel fancy and savvy drinking it in a way that yeah you don't with a lot of the other upper downer combos that are out there yeah i think it would have to be another sophisticated coffee-based cocktail for that to work well when you think of one you let me know yeah, Adam's coming up with all the drinks, so maybe maybe he's the one. Yeah, come on, can someone else? Let's go, let's go. The lemon teeter. Yeah, I need someone. I need some. Look, <laughs> McCurdy has his own drinks as well. McCurtini doesn't he? Have the McCurtini doesn't he also oh, have God. the dirty McCurdy or something. Or... <laughs> he has something else. Is that right? That's so freaking no, funny. He had he had a shot for a while. Dirty McCurdy. He had a shot. I think this is great. He had a shot for a while that was just his last name. That he, it was it was a brilliant idea actually. I don't know if I've told this story before. So tangent, let me go. <laughs> Where he would go to bars and he would sit at the bar and he'd start he'd with, the, with the cocktail with the bartender and he'd say eventually he'd say if you ever had a McCurdy before, and they would say no. What's that? He goes let me tell you, and he would tell them the recipe, and he said almost always. <laughs> They would do a shot together because the guy would want to make it a girl or a person, and they would make the shot together. And then he'd shoot it. I'm like, was it ever on the bill? He's like, no. <laughs> like, I think it was just moved like forever before, even before coming to work. To so get here. a free shot. Yeah, it's That's like so you ever had the McC- a McCurdy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, and basically, I think it was uh, his twist on a very well known other shot, like uh-huh. maybe a Ferrari or whatever, <laughs> but like with salt or something as his little extra touch. I always thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is why the guy really is just he has he exudes confidence <laughs> just like i just like loved it um but yes yeah, so i was just going have you got you guys have ever, ever had a little teeter no? no let me tell you how to make it <laughs> <laughs> then just go from there but it, back to the uh the caffeine stuff i mean i don't know man i i i do i'm still pretty bullish i think people just i mean look, look at how big four loco was for a minute like yeah People just want alcohol and caffeine that tastes semi-decent. And right now, everyone's being told that their espresso martini is cool. Yeah. And so it it's both things, right? It's like, oh, you're, 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 not, you're not the lame person. Like, it's also cool that you drink this. Like, that's my sort of feeling about why it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's gotten a really – it's done a really good job through marketing of – putting itself right in the center of the cultural conversation and making people feel relevant for drinking it while also allowing them to scratch the itch of wanting to get up while they get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could use cocaine instead, but, like, they're probably doing both. <laughs> if I'm being really honest, they're probably doing both. We should do a poll. I'm curious. How many people are also doing cocaine? Not the cocaine while- <laughs> poll. Why people drink espresso martinis, though. That's what I want to know. Because they want to stay. I mean, uh, it's Dude, I'm sorry. Who they really? Taste, they taste delicious. You They're like an so espresso good. martini? They taste good, objectively. They taste good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree wholeheartedly with Joanna here. And I think that you're, there's no doubt that a lot of what has helped them take off. And they did taste the first like sweet around, bodega but, coffee. Delicious. Yeah, but people also love that. Like, mm-hmm. your, your desire for the bitterest tomorrow is not a, a universal human desire. I'm sorry, Adam. And so I think that, like, they're, they're, the sweet component has to be sort of accounted for in all of this and it's another reason why i'm not sure that like you know again the irish coffee in its sort of i think most traditional format has some brown sugar in it for that very reason like coffee drinks need a sweet component i think to have any kind of mass appeal because the majority of people don't like drinking plain coffee or plain espresso it's just like 
not the flavor experience people are looking for. And when you combine it with another sort of bitter astringent thing, like most alcohol, it's really hard to kind of get people excited about it unless you're, you know, sweetening it up with something. So I, I think that, you know, the, the question of whether it needs to be sophisticated and needs to look kind of cool in the way that an espresso martini looks cool is something that maybe we'll continue to discuss. And obviously would love to hear from listeners if you have thoughts on this, but I also would say that I think where there is potential for other drinks is looking at the broader sort of coffee culture and maybe trying to find ways in. I mean, it's always remained surprising to me that even though they, I don't think it would ever be as big a trend as like an espresso martini, that there aren't, there isn't more interest in sort of boozy like espresso drinks, which I guess would be served hot and so maybe run counter to Adam's claims, which I, I don't dispute. I think cold is generally a better look for cocktails in general, but I have an espresso machine at home and do I sometimes throw some booze in with my espresso and then add some milk to it? Hell yes. Like on a weekend, that's how I start my day sometimes uh, behind the scenes here at the, the Jabal Wait, household. what? How do you start your day? You know, with a boozy coffee. Sometimes <laughs> on a weekend you need that. Um, when the kids woke up at six or whatever, uh, again, you'll, you'll see soon enough. Um, (laughs) but I do think that, uh, there is, you know, I think part of the disconnect too, is just that like coffee culture at the high level and booze culture at the high level overlap from time to time, but they don't talk to each other all that often. And I think I'm, you know, I'll plead ignorance here. I'm not really even super clear on like what's trendy in coffee these days. I mean, it all seems like, like just kind of inscrutable to me. Um, but I think that people coffee is such a huge part of people's lives in lots of people's lives that finding ways to connect it to drinking alcohol, you know, makes a certain kind of sense. People know what coffee is. They like it. They're familiar with it. They understand in a lot of cases how it affects their body and they like what it does. And they also like what alcohol does and maybe they like what it does in concert. So I don't know. I think there's always space here, but it's just, it's hard to kind of compete with, how much of a behemoth the espresso martini has become. Yeah, it really has. It really has. Unfortunately. I feel like the so many <laughs> drinks trends right now just disappoint you personally, Adam. I just, you guys, I know we never had this conversation, but it's just not for me. You like the Amaro trends that's happening. I love Amaro. Yeah. I I like a lot of different cocktails. I love lots of different cocktail trends. It just, again... I have enough energy. It's more about how I feel. I actually don't even – I don't – I I can agree that they do taste nice. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of them taste horrible. I also think it's one of these drinks where like – That's true. Some are bad. You can. It's so <laughs> easy to make them shitty and yet everyone still drinks them because, again, they just want to get up while they get fucked up. But I think the ones that are made very well are very tasty. My issue with them – is that when my heart starts beating so fucking fast after I've had one that I kind of start feeling gross and sick and that's why I've never done cocaine. I just know that it would be a bad idea. I would not feel it's good. It's good that you know that about yeah, yourself. Yeah, you know, like I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need more speed. And so, and so, and I drink coffee in the morning. I have like an espresso or whatever. I have one more espresso made before the podcast. You guys know. But, uh, but other ways, I just, I can't. For me, it's not my thing, but for a majority of humans, it is, which is why caffeine and alcohol combinations are so freaking popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I think the other thing about this is, the last thing I was going to say about this is that 
it's not just that the people desire that kind of combination of getting up while they get fucked up, but I think it's also about this sort of like way in which the the that ritual of like caffeinating yourself feels to so many people like preparatory, right? We talk about, you know, most of us, those of us that drink coffee, you know, we drink it in the morning. Uh, and then, you know, maybe like Adam have some in the afternoon as well to get us through the rest of the day. But I think there's that element of like, it's not even to me, it doesn't even seem exactly like the appeal is just the pure yeah. physical effect. It's kind of the like announcing to yourself, to everyone, like, here is what I aim to do. And what I aim to do is like, go hard. Um, and mm-hmm. like, you know, that, that's not really my life these days. The reason I don't drink very many espresso martinis, right. but, um, but I, I recognize that it's, not, it's the ritual along with the effect that I think makes these so popular right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, let's know what you think. Do you also hate the espresso martini? <laughs> are you on team Adam or are you on team everybody else? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hit, hit us up at podcast if I'm here.com. And also, uh, I just want to put out a public uh, awareness here announcement uh this this crew is going to need a lot of uh topic uh <laughs> ideas while i'm gone because it's i true. really i bring the heat and uh you know i really need you guys out there in, in uh in listener land to to support them please and uh bring them their ideas so that we just you know aren't thinking on wednesday what do you guys want to talk about today you know <laughs> just let us let us know hit us up podcast com. do you have things you want us to talk about they are there for you we are or save them for when adam's back you know oh, yes. we'll, we'll have we'll have a nice uh, yeah we'll let adam pick some topics to just start make sure you you back. make sure you asterisk like for adam <laughs> you know anyways <laughs> i cannot wait for friday's podcast and uh until then have an excellent week sounds great thanks so much for listening to the vine pair podcast the flagship podcast of the vine pair podcast network if you love listening to this show or even if you don't but I really hope that you do as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So, the Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.